Hi everyone. How you doing? No one looks as happy as me right now. Why is that? Is that because I've had a few weeks off and feeling good? Uh, welcome this morning. We're so glad that you're you're with us. Um, have you ever had someone you looked up to and you wanted to emulate and be like them? Have you ever had someone kind of like that in your life? When I was 12, so a little bit older than Jude right now, when I was 12, we as a family moved down to Tasmania, which Tassie's a really nice looking place, but when you're 12, it's the last place on earth you want to move to. But, uh, but we moved to Tasmania and there was this guy who was about 18 and, and I kind of met him pretty early on being in, in Tassie and this guy who was 18, I thought he was really funny, right? I thought he was not only just really funny, but actually he was kind of, he's kind of a cool guy. He, uh, he was also like really good at things that I was interested in. Like he was really good at, at music and he, and he was good at sport. Uh, and I thought, well, all the girls like this guy and all the guys want to be his mate. So as a 12-year-old, I started to try and be like this guy. Has anyone else kind of done something similar? 12, I was like, you know, I went out of my way to try and be more and more like this guy that I looked up. I practiced my instrument more because I wanted to be as good as he was. I, I, I tried to buy clothes that were kind of similar to what he wore because I was like, if he's cool, I'm going to try and wear the same things. You know, even like... I tried to get clothes. I didn't say bore. I tried to get clothes. Uh, the fun things that I saw him doing that I thought were funny, that he did with kind of his mates, well, I tried to get my mates to do all the same things that, they, that he was doing, right? Some of the things didn't translate well because he was 18 and I was 12. But other things worked out a treat, like mooning people. I thought it was pretty funny when he did it as an 18-year-old. But when you're 12, you can get away with mooning people more than you can when you're 18. Anyway, these were just the things. I just wanted to be like him. And so I tried my hardest to be like him. Now, it was just a phase. It was just a phase. And I soon figured out... I actually soon figured out this guy wasn't as cool as I maybe thought he was. And... uh, And plus, we had way more fun as 12-year-old boys than the 18-year-old boys could ever have, right? Um, But while it lasted, I did whatever I could do to be like this guy. The last few weeks, we've been looking at what it means to follow Jesus, right? If you've been around, we... What it would look like if we took Jesus' invitation to follow him seriously. To imitate Jesus, right? Just like a disciple would have imitated their rabbi in Jesus' day. uh, we're, We're looking at how we could follow Jesus so close that maybe we might be covered in the dust of his feet. Does, Does anyone remember that from a few weeks ago? Following Jesus, who knows that it's not just observing and watching from a distance. It's not, it's not kind of like 
like just seeing what Jesus does, but actually following Jesus is learning and replicating how Jesus lived. Now, this morning I've got kind of like a few a few thoughts. You can bear that, can't you? Like if I kind of chuck a few thoughts at you and we, we see what we can grab together. But, but I, I thought it would be important to kind of mention first up. It's important when we look at how we can be like Jesus to know this thing. And that is that we believe that Jesus is fully God, right? But he's also fully man. That's important. That's part of our doctrine. It's, it's pretty orthodox faith that we believe that Jesus was fully God, fully man. How it all works is a great mystery that we'll keep exploring. But, but Jesus, I want to say, Jesus has been God from the beginning. We see it in John, word at the beginning. Jesus has been God from the beginning. I want to tell you that Jesus is still God. And Jesus will be God forever. So let me just say that first. But we see in Scripture that Jesus put on human flesh. And the message translation says that he moved into our neighborhood. And while Jesus was walking on earth, although he was still God, I want to suggest that he didn't tap into his God powers while he was on earth. Am I making sense so far? All right, now, why is that important for us this morning? It's important because Jesus set an example for us to follow. Not as something unattainable, not like like things that only God can do. But Jesus stepped on earth to show us what we can do when we depend on the Holy Spirit and follow the Father's will. Are you with me so far? So we thought it was a great way to start the year uh, by looking at what are some of the fundamentals of being like Jesus or, or what are some of the priorities of Jesus that we need to make priorities in our life. Jacob and Megan covered, covered for us two of Jesus's priorities. Um, Jacob talked on the dependence on the Holy Spirit. And Megan last week talked about exalting the Father, worshipping the Father. If you miss those, Spotify, SoundCloud, have a listen. Um, well, today we're going to just touch on, because it's such a broad, big topic and we can go in all sorts of places, but we're going to look at another one of Jesus' priorities, and that is prayer together this morning. We're going to look at the priority of prayer in Jesus' life. So we're going to have a look at Scripture together. We're going to look at Matthew uh, chapter 6. If you want to open up a device, you can read along on the screen. Um, this is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, his, his preach where he, where he is teaching his yoke. Do we remember that from a few weeks ago? His set of teachings, how he interpreted Scripture um, and so, yeah, uh, Jesus teaches about what God's kingdom actually looks like in his sermon. And, and this is where we're going to start at verse 5. When you pray, this is Jesus talking to everyone. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites 
who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Okay, we'll we'll have a quick look at some of... uh, the practical application that Jesus is talking about in a minute. But first, let's pray together. Uh, And let's just open up our kind of hearts and minds to let God do a work this morning. God, you are great. Uh, We we thank you for our time where we get to worship and encourage and and lift each other up this morning. Uh, We just remember some of the words we sang. There's no other name that we can call on to be saved but you, Jesus. We thank you, God, that you are above all, that you created the whole universe, but that you choose to be with us right now. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. Show us your truth. Uh, Point out anything that we may need to change. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Who knows... Uh, that if you think something is really important, you make it a priority in your life, right? Does that make sense? That's a reasonable equation. You know, no matter how busy you are or, or whatever is happening around you, if you think something is really important, who knows that you make sure that you do it, yeah? We see over and over in the Gospels the importance and priority of prayer in Jesus' life, don't we? Jesus, um, we'll have a look at a, a quick scripture from Luke 5. Nathan will get on it for me. Luke 5 verses 15 and 16. Jesus had just healed a man with leprosy. Uh, amazing, right? And he told the man with leprosy not to kind of tell anybody. Go to, go to the priest, make sure you're, you're, you're declared clean, but don't, don't tell anybody. And that picks us up at this verse. Verse 15, Luke 5, starting verse 15. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster. And vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Surrounded by crowds, uh, with the opportunity to preach, with the opportunity to see, you know, people healed, 
Scripture tells us, the Gospels tell us that Jesus still prioritised prayer. Not to say that the other things weren't important, but Jesus knew that he needed to spend time in prayer to be effective in the other things. This morning, it's really simple. Uh, Are you prioritising prayer in your life? I definitely know that uh, for me, when things get busy, when, when things seem a bit overwhelming, I so often forget to make prayer the priority, right? I find if I get stressed, I, do you know what I do? I work harder. Is anyone else like that? It's like you get stressed, you're like, I have to work harder. That's how I can get through this. But actually, Jesus tells us, That if we make prayer the priority, the other things fall into place. Now, it's not meant to be a guilt trip this morning. Can I I just tell you from the start? I'm not trying to tell you, you're not praying enough. You need to make prayer more a priority. I want prayer to become a natural rhythm in our lives, right? I want prayer to be our first response. I want prayer to be our first priority when it comes to following Jesus. We also see uh, Jesus retreating to prayer before he makes big decisions. Or like the choosing of the 12 disciples, Scripture tells us that that he went and he spent time in prayer. He also did it before some big events like his, his baptism and we see Jesus praying so hard before the crucifixion, right? There's a, I want to suggest this morning there's a really easy and natural way for us to start making prayer a priority and it doesn't necessarily mean getting up really early in the morning to spend an hour in prayer. Can I tell you, if you do that, that's pretty good. That, that, that kind of says that prayer is a priority life and I'm not dissing that. But I know that for some of us, that that's... That's not something that that happens. We've tried that. It feels like work. But I actually think that there's a a more natural way where we can bring, uh, where we can make prayer a priority in our life. What if, what if we made a habit of praying before we make big decisions? What if not even big decisions, we made it a habit before we had to make a decision that we took it to God in prayer. What if we made it a habit of praying on our way to work or to school, bringing before God everything that that day may bring? Do these sound like pretty reasonable ways that we can pray that make sense? What if we prayed very simply for our kids every night? That, that's a natural rhythm of prayer, isn't it? What if we prayed before any big moments in our life? What if every time we started to worry or we started to feel anxious about something, we prayed? Does anyone think that's a pretty good start in following Jesus' example of making prayer a priority? Seems like something that we can do, right? Are you with me? 
Yeah. I'm not trying to make prayer easy. I want it to be a more natural priority for us. Okay. So we, we see in Scripture, we see through the Gospels that, that Jesus made prayer a priority. And if we're following Jesus, then we need to try and emulate that, mimic that, make prayer a priority in our life. But the reason, and I think this is very important, Jesus made prayer a priority because can I tell you this morning, prayer is powerful. He didn't make it a priority because it was a routine or a discipline necessarily. He made it a priority because he knew that he couldn't do his ministry without prayer. Prayer is powerful. The reason we see Jesus in prayer so much is because it's powerful. Can I tell you this morning, and this is my testimony, and I I hope it's yours, and I pray that it will be yours, is that prayer changes things. Prayer sees sick people made well again. Prayer sees hearts change, doesn't it? Prayer helps us hear God's voice and know God's will. Who knows that sometimes we approach God and tell Him how we should be running things? But what prayer actually does is conform us to God's perfect will. It's not so much we tell God to change His plans. Sometimes prayer is about us learning God's will and God's plan. Amen? Anyone know what I mean in that? Prayer, can I tell you, again, prayer is powerful. Prayer sees worry and anxiety disappear. Prayer moves us to action. Prayer is powerful. And, and I'm sure that I won't do it. Don't get nervous. I know. If we pass the mic around, I'm sure that we could testify to God's power through prayer. I'll, I'll save you the effort of testifying this morning and I'll do it for you. <laughs> Can I tell you that we have testimony here in our church? of God's power through prayer. Like story after story. Almost every week when we come together, who knows that we can testify to God moving in some way through prayer. I want to remind some really big key things. Uh, We saw Ace up here, right? Just before starting school. Does anyone remember, would have been four or five years ago, Ace was just a baby was incredibly sick in hospital. We mobilised and prayed for Ace. And I believe that it was through prayer that we still have Ace with us. How good? How not prayer powerful? Can I, we have almost the identical story to Milo as a baby in hospital. Doctors really stressing because they didn't really know what was going on. But people mobilised in prayer. Prayer is powerful. We see Milo here because we prayed. I I fully believe it. Just in the last month, Kay got word that she had breast cancer. How's like a week and a half later she doesn't? Prayer is powerful, anyone? We've seen babies born in our church because of prayer. Where babies couldn't happen before, we pray, and suddenly people are having kids. 
we should pray some more, more kids. <laughs> Church growth strategy right there. Let's. That reminds me, I need to see a doctor. Make sure I can't have kids anymore. Three's enough. Let me tell you, three's enough. Uh, we two for one or uh, half off, maybe a second. Uh, we have seen, we have seen God's provision through prayer, supernatural provision as a church through prayer. We have seen God's direction as a church through prayer. We are in this building, gathered together through answers to prayer. We have seen our friends come to know Jesus because of prayer. I believe it. I believe when we pray earnestly for the salvation of others, that we get an opportunity to share that. and We see people come to know Jesus. One of the biggest defining moments in my life in, uh, in ministry was actually in year 12. I was in year 12. I, uh, I had a schoolmate uh, that as a small group, we started to pray for my mate, that he might know Jesus. That was our simple prayer. And we prayed it over and over. Who knows that prayer is powerful? Sometimes prayer is dangerous too. Because that mate, I used to travel to a band practice in Tanunda once a week. And sure enough, because we were praying, seriously, out of the blue, my mate asked me about who Jesus is. Within like a month of a small group praying for a young guy in year 12, a mate of mine, that this mate, had, had opened up, that there was an opportunity for me to share who Jesus was in my life. And within a month, he had come to church and he had accepted Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. We can pray people into the kingdom. If we have the faith, if we pray powerful, maybe dangerous prayers, because there's, there's an onus on us in that sometimes too, right? Cool? Who knows? Prayer is powerful. Through prayer... We ask and we receive the filling of the Holy Spirit. Who knows that? That might be the most powerful prayer that we can pray. If we want to be like Jesus, who knows that we need the Holy Spirit to fill us, to guide us, to to be able to live with that boldness, to be able to live like Jesus. This morning, does anyone have enough faith to start praying some big, powerful prayers. Has this helped in maybe reminding us when we pray, powerful things happen. God moves. We have a Father who loves us. He's a loving Father. He listens to what we're praying. Now, who knows a loving Father doesn't just give their kids everything they ask for? You know, that's kind of not what happens. We have a loving Father who through prayer gives us what is good for us according to His sovereign will. Are you with me? Do we believe it? That if we pray big powerful prayers, if we pray pray in faith, that it will be done. Surely if we do believe it, that's a reason to make prayer a priority, isn't it? 
that in any moment we can during the day, we lift to God whatever we're facing. We looked, um, we looked earlier at some scripture where Jesus is teaching on prayer just before uh, from the Sermon on the Mount. Now, this morning, we're not going to go through the Lord's Prayer. We actually have done that a couple of times over the last year or so. So again, check out Spotify, SoundCloud, have a look for Lord's Prayer. There's some good teaching. I think Sarah, Sarah Haley taught on it. I think I have as well. So have a look through that. But um, there's one important point that I want to bring to you this morning. Can we handle one more important point? Give me, give me a wave. Yeah, that's good. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's so good to see you all. I miss being around. Um, Jesus is clear. In teaching his priorities, his yoke, his interpretation of Scripture, he is clear that our prayers are not to be a performance. Did we see that? Our prayers are not to be a performance. Our prayers aren't about fancy words. Can I tell you that? Jesus says, don't pray like the Gentiles do. They just babble on thinking that the more words they say, well, God will listen to that. That's kind of not what happens. He has a go at... At, at the Jews at the time or, or religious folk who, who was like, who would make a big deal, say, say fancy words, make sure that they were heard as far as they could so that they looked important in praying. But the good news for us this morning is if in how we pray, making prayer a priority because it's powerful, is that prayer isn't about fancy words. Prayer isn't about looking good in front of in front of others. Has anyone been in a, in a prayer circle? Maybe, you know, like a pre-church prayer meeting or something where, where it almost feels like a competition as to who can say the fanciest prayer. Anyone ever been in that? Never in this church have I ever been in one of those. But, but, but who knows? It, it kind of sometimes feels a bit like, I'm going to up you on that prayer and I'm going to go harder and I'm going to pray it louder. But... <laughs> Prayer's, prayer's good. I believe God listens to all prayer. But Jesus is saying prayer is not a performance. It's not about the fancy words. It's not about looking good in front of others. Our prayers are just the cry of our heart to a loving Father. That's it. There's no magic formula when it comes to prayer. Can I tell you that this morning? There's no magic formula. And the smartest or most eloquently spoken people aren't the only ones God listens to. Who thinks that's good news for us this morning? Jesus lets us know, when it comes to prayer, let's not overcomplicate it, right? Keep it simple. Let's keep it real. I've heard someone uh, preach before uh, that the best, and this is, you know, here it's it's a quote, the best way to pray isn't with words, but it's actually just crying out for help sometimes. Our prayers don't need to be fancy. 
They don't need to be complicated. They don't have to contain certain words. We have a loving Father who just wants to hear the cry of our heart. Whatever you are facing, sometimes who knows that we don't even have the right words. And and Paul talks about the groans. That through the Holy Spirit, even just our groans, God knows. Jesus says God knows what you are going to pray before you even pray. He knows what we need. Is that helpful for anyone today? Sometimes we look for formulas. Sometimes we look for a set, you know, rule of how we pray. Can I just tell you, let's start simple. Jesus tells us, let's just have simple prayers. Anytime you need God, pray. Anytime you're worried or stressed, pray. Paul talks about that, doesn't he? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Anytime you have something big coming up, pray. Anytime you think about your kids or your your family or your friends, how about we just pray? How about we just cry out to God? Prayer is powerful. Can I tell you that if we were a church that brought everything to God in prayer, it's pretty exciting to see what might happen. What could we testify to in six months if we just brought everything to God in prayer. I, I think it would be weird to talk about prayer and then not open up a time of prayer together. I think that would be a bit weird. Like, yeah, go home now. Just take it on board. So I wonder, uh, I wonder if, if Dan or, or Lux, you could just put, put some music on. Has anyone's kind of faith been lifted a little bit? That they're starting, maybe they're willing to pray a prayer that they haven't before. Maybe there's been some health things that you've been facing and you may have brought them to God before in prayer, but, but you've started to think that maybe God can't answer that. I, wanna, I want you to have the faith to start praying for that again. Maybe it's to do with like your mental health. I, I want to pray that, that God heals, that God takes away worry and anxiety, that God might take away depression. We sang that Jesus over everything, right? Over fear, shame, anxiety. I wonder if you've got friends or family members who don't know Jesus yet. And I wonder if you might start praying again for them. I want to pray for us and then want to open it up that we might be able to pray for each other. Are you in for that? Yeah, let's pray. God, you are a loving, great Father. Jesus, we thank you for your example. We thank you that anything that you did that we see in Scripture, you, through uh, the Holy Spirit's power, uh, allow us to do the same. God, we want to pray big prayers. We want to pray bold prayers. We want to see you work. We want to see you work powerfully. We want to see people transformed and healed. We want to see neighbourhoods transformed. Your kingdom come. Uh, In these moments, Holy Spirit, just stir up that faith.
that we might make prayer a priority in our life. God, I pray uh, over the things that sometimes we think God won't help with. Right now, Father, I pray for people's finances right now. God, you're a God of provision. And so we pray over people's finances right now. In this, you know, pretty hard kind of economic time, we, we, we thank you that you're a God who provides. So we pray over that, that we may not worry about money, that you're a God who will provide. God, we pray for those who are, are journeying back to school. We've already prayed, but we pray again, that they may know that you are with them. We pray for those schools in which we have teachers and workers that that they may be a salt and light in those schools. They may bring your kingdom into those schools. God, we pray for the rest of us who, who, you know, have kept working through summer or uh, we, we pray that we might be able to step into our workplaces as being salt and light, that we may bring everything to you in prayer. Thank you, the Father, you are in relationship with us and that you love prayer. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.